Hello, hello, hello. Hum hai aurate dil se desi. A podcast for brown women by brown women. I'm your host, Geet, joined by my lovely co-hosts, Amna and Sammy. Hello. Hello. Today's episode is dedicated to the very special someone in all of our lives, Vojo. Today is about the creation of life, the feminine energy, the nurturing of one being by another. I want to take a moment to acknowledge all the moms in my life. My mother, my nani, my chachi, my masi, my mommy, my cousins, my friends, all women whose love has always been palpable. I also want to take a moment to reflect on those people who've lost their mothers. It isn't an easy day for them and we're sending you loads of hugs. In honor of moms who left us too soon, Sabine would like to share a story about her mom. Salam aur adab. Pyari pyari auratein. Tujhi. Kissa meri bahut sari zindagiyon mein se ek bahut khoobsurat si zindagi ka hai. Khoobsurat isliye kyunki usme ammi hua karti thi. To hua kuch yun ki ek din ammi ki tabiyat kharab thi. Nothing too serious, but she wasn't feeling well. So she went to the doctor that she had visited before with the same condition and requested the same medication. Doctor ke paas wo medicine to thi lekin higher dose mein. Usne ammi ko bataye baghair drip mein wo higher dose ki medication laga di. Within minutes ammi ko reaction hua aur tabiyat mazid kharab ho gayi. Khair उन्होंने वो ड्रिप हटा दी और घर आ गई थोड़ी देर के बाद जब तबीयत बेहतर हुई तो वो पुलिस स्टेशन गई एंड शी फाइल्ड अ कंप्लेंट अगेंस्ट दैट डॉक्टर पुलिस तो इंतज़ार में होती है उन्हें मौका मिले वो पहुंच गए डॉक्टर के पास एंड दे स्टार्टेड आस्किंग फॉर मनी फ्रॉम हिम फिर डॉक्टर ने अम्मी को फ़ोन किया एंड ही अपोलोजाइज मतलब बहुत सॉरी वॉरी किया अम्मी का दिमाग इंतहाई गरम बट दिल बहुत अच्छा और बहुत ही नरम सा था उन्होंने कहा जाओ माफ़ किया और पुलिस को बोला कि वो कंप्लेंट वापस ले लें पुलिस ने कहा ना जी हम तो नहीं वापस लेंगे हमने तो कंप्लेंट रजिस्टर कर दिया अम्मी ने कहा एक दफ़ा और कह रही हूँ कि कंप्लेंट कैंसिल कर दें पुलिस नहीं मानी अम्मी बोली हूँ देख तमाशा अम्मी ने तो गाड़ी निकाली पुलिस स्टेशन पहुँची किसके साथ अपनी रिवॉल्वर रानी के साथ ओफ क्या एंट्री थी ऑस्कर मिलना चाहिए था द वे शी एंटर्ड दैट पुलिस स्टेशन ऑल गन्स ब्लेजिंग वॉज अ साइड टू वॉच पुलिस वालों की तो हालत आउट ये सीधा गई टोर अप दैट कंप्लेंट रजिस्टर एंड लेफ्ट नो बडी स्टॉप्ड हर और सेड अ वर्ड 
आई गेस दे वर ऑल टू शॉक टू से और डू एनी थिंग मतलब यार कौन औरत जाती है पुलिस स्टेशन में और वो भी आर्म्ड ये मेरी अम्मी ही कर सकती थी वो औरत जिसको खुदा के अलावा किसी का डर ना था सारी जिंदगी बहुत खुशियाँ भी देखी और दुख भी देखे पर टूटी कभी नहीं ऐसी थी मेरी माँ वो अभी भी जहाँ होंगी बहुत गैंगस्टर लाइफ जी रही होंगी और बहुत खुश होंगी और यही फीलिंग मेरे दिल को खुश रखती है वाह सबीन क्या कहानी शेयर की है सुन के बड़ा मज़ा आया एवरी टाइम आई हर्ड स्टोरीज ऑफ योर मदर आई ऑलवेज विश्ड आई हैड मेट हर ये कहानी सुन के मुझे ऐसे लग रहा है कि वो कहीं खड़ी होके देख के तुम्हें मुस्करा रही होंगी एंड नाउ वी मूव ऑन टू द रेस्ट ऑफ द एपिसोड इन विच एमना सैमी एंड आई वो बी शेयरिंग आवर मदर्स विद ऑल ऑफ यू आई जस्ट वॉन्ट से आई एम रियली रियली थैंकफुल टू गीत एंड सैमी फॉर डूइंग दिस दिस इज बिन ऑन माई पकेट लिस्ट फॉर एवर एंड थैंक यू फॉर फुलफिलिंग इट so my relationship with my mom was really a difficult one in the beginning lots of problems she was very strict i never thought ummi was approachable um she was disciplinarian maximus she just made our life really 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 difficult um so you know and also a lot of self esteem issues she was very pretty so we weren't pretty enough we weren't smart enough we were you know her parenting style was like doing negative bringing the negative out even if it doesn't exist so anyway fast forward to the year i got married year i became a doctor and moved to america um my dad died the same year and then the roles changed um i decided to be a dutiful daughter and really caregiver to my widowed mother and she decided to become my rock she was my biggest supporter she was there for me through everything through infertility through uh my fa- first failed marriage through my divorce through my wanting to have a relationship with a gora guy and my getting married to him ummi was there for me every step of the way and i was there for her so that's the relationship we ended up having after really we just let go of our differences i forgave her she forgave me and we had a beautiful relationship throughout the rest of her life um i want to talk about a story in uh, 2002 that was the last time my mom said she had come to america she's never coming back um so it was recent after 9/11 and we were mom got sick and we were decide we decided to she was like i have to go back to pakistan i was like i mean you cannot even walk Uh, by yourself you can't go to the bathroom by yourself how am i going to get you on a plane and take you she was like i will do it just take me to pakistan so i took her to pakistan and at the airport <laughs> it was extreme scrutiny that day 
So they opened my suitcase and then he unzipped, he zipped it, but there were some clothes sticking out. So I went in the barrier and I just rearranged it. And he was like, you touched it. So now I have to reopen it. And meanwhile, my mom is sitting there in the wheelchair doing commentary in Urdu. And I'm like, please stop. TSA <laughs> and so we go, we go in wheelchair pay phir dobara sari scrutiny and then we go to the gate and then i don't know if you guys remember around that time there used to be some random checks at the gate too so oh, they wow. announced my mom's name and i'm like this is a joke and i thought it's i have the same last name and i was like is it me and she's like no it's a random screening I said, of this little old lady who's sitting in a wheelchair, <laughs> she's uh -huh. like, can she stand up? So Ami stood up and again, Ami is very upset that she's being fond of <laughs> And she's like, this is my last time I'm I've come to America. I'm never coming back. So we go back to Lahore and then she's going through her purse and she's like, Deekho, kitne wo security wale. Unne ye churi to mili nahi. <laughs> And that's another thing that, you know, my that's my mom. She just was the way she was. And the other thing that I realized when we went back to Lahore, Ami was sick here. She was hospitalized. So there's not that many people visiting, right? It's me, maybe a friend, maybe my niece came. And we go to Lahore and we go to sleep we wake up and first thing her neighbor called she sent special tea and breakfast kashmiri chai and bakarkhani for us then the entire mohalla the block came to see her then the entire city came to see her and then people from out of the city also come to see you because you you were sick so i think that that part of our culture, I knew Ami is never coming back to America, no, because that socialization we cannot give in America. And that's really my little story. And I'll read a little poem that I've written for her and I publish it every death anniversary and Mother's Day. Um, I'll read it in Urdu first and then in English. Mere khauf, mere asu. Mere khauf, मेरे आंसू तुम्हारे बगैर बेजारो मददगार उदासी की सड़कों की खाक छांते फिरते हैं मैं इनसे जान छुड़ाने के लिए अपनी बेटी के बालों में तेल लगाने बैठ जाती हूं या फिर मोतिये के फूलों के हार बनाकर अपने बालों में सजाती हूं my fears my tears without you are wandering on the streets of sadness to get rid of them, I start putting oil in my daughter's hair or make garlands of jasmine flowers to adorn my hair. That's beautiful. Yeah, it's lovely. Thank you, Amna. So now, nice Um, Yeah, it's really, um, I think what's really giving me pause this year is that I'm going to be turning 40. And actually 40 is also the age that my mom came to the US. Um, and so I'm trying to imagine what it must have been like to just leave everything behind, everything that you knew, every street, every shop, 
every corner, you know, like leaving all that behind, moving to an all new country with your partner, with your children, not knowing what is going to be ahead of you. Um, but I'm really grateful that my parents really took that chance and came here. And I'm initially when my mom moved here, I know that she and my father both, I think, had this sort of realization that they're suddenly in a country that's not Pakistan or not even like the Middle East where we were growing up. But and they really tried hard to like sort of double down on the culture and religion and you know, all the things that sort of come with Pakistan and India and like, but at the same time, I saw her struggling, you know, through just trying to find work and trying to keep us fed and trying to take care of us, trying to get me to school. And cause I was still like, you know, five, six years old. So she was still sort of really kind of watching me. Um, and I, I think I'm just, I'm finally realizing at this point in my life, how much sacrifice she had made to come here and to also provide that opportunity for us that she probably didn't get in Pakistan. So it's just, I'm like Mother's Day gives me just pause and I'm really grateful for the life that she's given us and, you know, the life that she gave me. And the reason why I'm here today is because of her. Yes, that once I was here, she really didn't like me for a couple of years. <laughs> Because I was rebelling all the time, which is rebellion in their mind, right? For me, it was like, okay, I'm, I'm independent. Like, I want to be independent, just like all the other women around me here in the U.S. Um, but, and I think that was really sort of probably the biggest struggle that I've had through my life with her. And it was hard for me to, like, think about it from her point of view, right? Because as a teenager, you're like, whatever, it's my life. I want to do whatever I want to do. But... Um, but I'm coming to this point now where I'm really going, what, what really was it like for her to move here? And through these conversations with her, I've been really sort of trying to have these conversations with her because she's now like in her late seventies, she's dealing with some memory loss. And so I don't want to lose some of those memories that she probably has of her moving here. And so I've been doing a little more intentional, like just conversations with her and asking like, what was it like for you? Um, and that's been really sort of meaningful. Um, and as I reflect on the last 40 years of my life and realize that, yeah, she came here when she was 42. That's like, it's such a weird, you know, I don't know. It, it feels really odd right now in, in turning 40 and also not being able to, the experiences that she had were so different from the experiences that I'm having now as a South Asian American woman. And I don't even know if she considers herself as a South Asian American woman herself. I think she's very true, like, I'm a Pakistani who, I have roots in India, but I don't know if she sees herself as American as I do. Um, and it makes sense, right? Um, but I'm, I'm really sort of grateful for um, just the guidance that she provided me through my younger years. Um, and I'm glad that she was there challenging me all the time because it helped me understand what I really wanted in my life. And it probably helped her now understand what, you know, what I don't want in my life too. Um, I myself chose not to be a mother. Um, and I think that's okay too. Um, we don't talk about that enough in our South Asian culture where it's expected that women just become, 
yeah, like women are just seen as caregivers and they're expected to be mothers. I'm going against that and probably one of the toughest decisions I've made, not because I made it, but because everyone else is making it tough for me to actually like stick to it. Um, but I will not have children and that's okay. And that's final. And, I and that's okay. Right. And I've learned yeah, a little bit that. that's your choice. Absolutely. And I, and that's, you know, I think it's hard for others to understand because it's such a natural, like you get married, you have children. It's like two steps in your life, right? As soon as you grow up. Um, that's what I actually think about a lot. And it's like, why, why do I think so differently from everybody? And sometimes I wonder, like, do people even question like the things that are expected from them, like, oh, I have to grow up and I have to get educated and then I have to get married and women I'm speaking about. And then I have to get married and now I have to, you know, have children. And, you know, there's a lot that goes into having children. I get that. There's like, you know, you're like a time ticker, right? Like 35 and you better be pregnant and all of that. And although medical science is making wonderful advances and that those numbers are right. changing and things are changing. And of course, there's always adoption and there's always, you know, other surrogacies and alternative mm -hmm. methods to pregnancy. But and who knows, you know, everybody's mind changes all the time. I mean, I said for my entire life, I don't I didn't want kids. And now I'm not saying I do want kids, but I'm kind of questioning. You know? Like yeah. it's always a question in my head. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. I'm not. Obviously, I'm not anti-children, and that's never what it was about for me. It was more, more for me. It was about parenting. But anyway, that's a conversation for another day. This is mom's mom's day. <laughs> but it's and an important conversation. Yeah. Uh, it's a mom's day, so there are women who choose not to be moms. They, well, who choose not to be moms or who are, you know, um, out of the norm moms. Like, I'm a mom to my three dogs who are, you yeah. know, who have been incessantly sick for the last six months. So I, told, I promise you it's not easy. Right. Three I dogs know. that are pooping or puking all the time. So. <laughs> and I'm a mom to a cat, right? Like, oh, no. I mean, it's, it's sort <laughs> of the same sort of you're responsible for their well-being. Yeah, you're Not responsible really. for another sentient being's well-being. Right, right. And, yeah. and that sentient being has its own feelings, has its own emotions. The three dogs have entirely different personalities. It's, like, phenomenal, like, even watching that. I know there are a lot of mothers out there that are going to be like, yeah, that's not mom. You know, but really... Stop judging. Yeah. Of course, <laughs> a different type of mother, right? That's a very different type of mother. You don't have yeah, to. It's a very there's no, mother. You can't compare the two anyway. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think we need us... to have more discussions within our South Asian communities about like, it's just me ensuring that women feel comfortable with that choice and that it's their own personal choice to become a mother. Yeah, yeah. Not. I'm a mother and that choice to become a mother or not become a mother is very loaded. So don't just assume that you know the answer to everything. It's not as simple as, oh, they're just irresponsible and want to be young. <laughs> no, that's not what right. it's about. Right. <laughs> right. And I think there's a part of my mom that she still sees me as like irresponsible because I am not a mother. Yeah, it's that parents tend to see it like, well, older people tend to see it like you're just not willing to grow up. Right. So that's why you don't want to have a child. You want to be the perpetual right. child. But that's not what it's about. You're not not right. having. It's, I think sometimes it's actually a very adult decision. Not even sometimes. I think it's all the time. It's a very actually mature decision to turn around and say, know yourself well enough to say, hey, I don't want to do this. Mm -hmm. And maybe my forcing myself to do this is going to make me a not so great mom. So how about <laughs> not putting a child through that? Right. No? Exactly. I think and it's, I, it's yeah. important to know what you want to do and that's why i am in a way very glad 
it was not by choice, but I became, there's 40 diff- years between my daughter and I, and I, I, we adopted her when I was 41 or 42. So uh, for me, there's a clear difference in my life before her and after her. And actually turning 40 was the point where it was like, I said to my partner, I want to be a mom. I'm 40 years old. I'm going to do this with or without you. It took me a long time to finally say that in my marriage. It's like, and I'm so glad that I made that decision because we, afterwards we divorced. And to me, the best thing that happened to me is my daughter. And she's not even biological. (laughs) That to me, that is what I wanted all my life. I wanted to be a mom. I think it's really important for one to, for a mother to really want to mother. And I felt that in my mom my whole life. She wasn't a perfect mom. Well, we're all human, right? We're not perfect. And but I make an active choice every single day to look at her perfections instead of her imperfections. It's really easy I feel to get carried away. We all have battlegrounds and stories that we can share that that are like oh yeah i was so me and my mom were at loggerheads for years and we couldn't see eye to eye and it was it was a natural thing because i was an american woman autonomous and very independent and free thinking and my mother is an indian woman through and through like it took her many years to turn around and say i'm I'm an American in in a proud kind of way because she couldn't identify with Americans. It was really hard for her to assimilate similar to Amna's, you know, migration stories where your own people are very different here than they are in India. Um, In India, there's that community that Amna's talking about that everybody's just all over each other's houses and in each other's business and chai chai pina and pakore khani and whatever. It's very different. People meet each other very sporadically and for like one or two hours at a time and the judgments are on like and on a magnifying glass almost like oh it was really I, I can't imagine how tough it was for my mom um when she came here trying to make sense out of here i know it was exciting for her because she's she was very young she came here in her early 20s i, I was born when my mom was 21 so and i i migrated here at 14 days like my mom my parents migrated here my mother migrated here when i was 14 days old so she was really new still suffering and healing from her um c-section um going through that i i don't think she had any postpartum depression or anything but i'm sure that you know it was really tough a first-time mom comes to america her child is sick they have to take her to the doctor's appointments have to do the vaccinations it's very different than in india right um, and she's getting used to all of that. And I can't say that she let that up even for a minute. Overbearing? Absolutely. Very, very much like um, Raymond. Raymond's mom is my mom. Okay. She's calls us 10 times a day. She's over my house all the time. She wants to know everything that's happening. <laughs> if you're not giving her an answer, if you're saying, huh, like I'll give you a small story. The other day we were, we were eating lunch she brings lunch yes she brings lunch to work every day okay so i'm I'm spoiled in these ways right so my mother brings us me and my dad lunch 
So she brings lunch to the office and she before she's bringing lunch, she calls me. She says, you want lunch? I'm like, uh, yeah, I want lunch, mom. Thanks. What's for lunch? I said, and she's like, oh, you know, blah, blah, whatever it was that day. And so she's, she brings that, but then she brings something else. She made tortellini for my dad. And my mom loves to cook. She loves, it's like what she lives for. Her conversations are all around, ha, to aaj kare? You know, like, subah ke khayenge, rat me ke khayenge. Mom, enough with the khana, mom. <laughs> but, um, so she says, she brings this tortellini made in tomato sauce. And um, so I see it, and of course it looks appetizing to me. So I just took one tortellini, put it in my mouth, and I was like, no, not having that, sorry. So I put the fork back and I just walked away. And she's like, kya hua, khaogi, khaona, khaona. I'm like, no, mom, I don't want it. Why don't you want it? Why don't you want it? No, ma, I don't, I don't, I'm not feeling like tortellini right now. I was just trying to avoid the conversation. Yeah. So I'm trying to avoid the conversation. I'm walking away. I'm like, I don't want it. I don't want it. Okay. I went and I took whatever it was that she brought for me, which was like, I think, chicken nuggets and salad or something. So that was very nice. And I was like, okay, I'm going to take this and I'm going to go and eat. And then I come back and then she says, now everybody's lunch is done and she's just finishing up her thing. And she's like, why didn't you take the tortellini? And I'm like, mom, can you just stop? Like, it doesn't matter why I didn't take the damn tortellini. <laughs> and she's like, she's like, she's like, she's like, she's like, she's like, Finally, I gave up. I couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> you know, all the questioning and the inquisition. And I'm like, mom. And then she says to me, and then she starts laughing. And then she gives me, Cindy's, we do this. She gives me the biggest bunda in the world, right? She's like, not like, right? And I'm like, what? She didn't say that. She just does it with her hand, the gesture. And I'm like, what? And she's like, well, you asked. You keep asking me. I don't want to tell you the why I don't want to eat this, but you keep asking. So, like, there now. Leave me alone. <laughs> so that is a cute story. This is my mother, and she is an absolutely wonderful person. She's very loving, loyal to a fault. Um, super party animal. Not like not like your your idea of party animal. I don't mean like I want to go to a discotheque and party. What I mean is that she always wants everyone to gather. She wants the entire family to come over. She wants to host barbecues. She wants us all to have a really good time. Um, growing up, it was always like that. My idea, I can't name how many discussions, um, my tryst with trying to figure out on the journey of who I am, what is Hinduism? My mother is very religious, so I always used to turn to her. All of the conversations happened in her famous kitchen around her dining table. And when the conversations weren't happening, we were playing tag me, my mom, and my brother were playing tag around the kitchen, living room, hallway, back to the kitchen, living room, in a circle. Okay. She used to play tag with you guys? Yeah, she used to play tag with us. We used to wrestle. We would sometimes drop her to the ground. Sometimes we'd drop, drop my brother to the ground. Sometimes we would That's be- awesome. Amazing. So we, we did a lot of this. We played. She played with us like children. She corrected us when we were wrong. She was the one who made us become religious and aware of our religion. She's always been supportive of my dad through thick and thin. There was a time where she worked in the beginning when they migrated and he went back to school to finish his DDS. Um, so it's just been, and, and I can't see my father without my mother. She's the one who taught him how to drive. Okay, there you go. I, talk about feminist woman, right? She knew how to drive and she taught my father how to drive. So my mom is a, is, is, is strength in silence, I feel. Strength in subservience almost. She doesn't come off as someone who's empowered, but in many ways she is. And she forms the foundation of 
the entire family, our whole family. I, I mean, sometimes I wonder like if she's not around, who's gonna stay in touch with each other as far as me and my dad and my brother are concerned because we kind of suck at it. Mm -hmm. um, she kind of keeps us all- She's like the glue. Yeah. She's in definitely the glue. We That's are all connected to her. And so we are all connected to each other. Yeah. Um, and so I, I hope and I pray that she has a very long life. And um, so in, 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 in summation, I think it's easy to get caught up in us looking at how the challenges we face with them. And I think in even we as women forget to celebrate our mothers yeah. because we get so caught up in our dramas and our day-to-day and don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm so close to my mother right now, too. And it's a very touch and go, you know, relationship. I mean, there are so many times she sits in front of me and says, you just misspoke to me and I really hate it. And I'm crying. I'm like, Ma, all I said was stop. <laughs> and, but, you know, you got it. You got to just you got to keep at it. It's even my, me. I'm an imperfect person. I am admitting that I lose my cool. Like I said earlier, I'm sorry, I'm summing now. <laughs> We need to celebrate our mothers. Motherhood. Yes, we do. And we need to celebrate motherhood. Motherhood or non-motherhood. Or non-motherhood. <laughs> you just said you're mom to your dogs and you're mom to your cats. Yeah. Yes. And also just even recognizing that, you know, Mother's Day is actually not easy for a lot of folks who lost their mothers or who had really challenging relationships with their mothers and they're no longer in like, you know, talking terms with them yeah so just even that you know my partner right now he lost his mother a few years ago and so mother's day is not an easy day for him mother's day is not an easy day for anybody for anybody that's lost their mothers that they love or even you know from friction and from fighting i mean even that's not easy right no for somebody to deal with mother's day when they're not you know loving the hell out of their mother i, I don't know right. i mean I'm, I'm sure it's very difficult for a lot of people um and I'm acknowledging that. Yeah. But I think at the same time, you know, mothers are people who carry us in their bellies for nine straight months. And without that, we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be having this conversation about Mother's Day. Um, and Geeth, you know, you touched on a really good point about um, just the food aspect. And I think that was another sort of, that's an expectation that South Asian women have is that the food, they're gonna take care of it, right? It's like sort of this built-in expectation in our culture, um, but they do a phenomenal job at it too. That's the thing. <laughs> they make this amazing food and like day in and day out, they're cooking away. Um, and I think I owe it to my mom that like, she taught me how to cook. And to this day I call her and I'm like, what, you know, what was I supposed to put in the biryani again? Like, you know, and so she, like, I'm so grateful that she was able to, like, teach me how to cook. Um, and I, like, am passionate about cooking to this day because of her, too. Um, I would like to ask this question, though. How are you and your mom the same or different? I'll answer that. Go I'll take that one first. Me and my mom are the same. Okay, so me and my mom are the same. That we're probably both loyal to a fault. Um, we tend to take a lot of BS before we put our foot down. She is way more than me. Um, I actually set boundaries. She doesn't. I say enough and she doesn't. She doesn't have an enough. Foodie. We're both foodies. 
<laughs> we're both foodies. We both love to eat. We both love to feed people. Except for that tortellini. <laughs> Except for that. Well, no, that's just taste. I She I'm likes everything over, and I don't. I like very... Um, very subtle flavors in, in a lot of things. Well, my mom likes to do like, okay, again, another story. I'm sorry, this is another story. My mom, when we go out to pizza, the first thing she does is take all four jars of spices and douse the pizza. <laughs> I like to eat the pizza slice by itself. So that's the difference. But I mean, we're talking about similarities. Differences uh, would be so her raised her, her, her the way she was raised was very much like the woman of the house. And so she always knew how to cook. She, I learned everything later. Um, my mom wanted me to do that, but I, I was not good at it when I was a kid. I hated the idea of being in a kitchen or sweeping or cleaning or anything like that. Eventually, I'm very good at it now, but at that time, I was not good. Well, um, I was the opposite. <laughs> what does that mean? I would like loved being in the kitchen and cooking with her. <laughs> she used to tell you one tablespoon of this one teaspoon of that it was always torta sayedalo, torta. and i'm like what is torta you gotta give me like a measurement here i don't know what torta means <laughs> okay so see i'm not good with the abstract because she used to say that to me and i was like mom yeah. mera dimag mein a pinch of this inch of that yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah, and I've had to like literally measure things out now so I could like have a recipe. But that's exactly what she would tell me. Every recipe is, huh, but it's like, uh, I don't know what to... again. Uh, I don't the know other side is also that my mom was highly critical of me in her kitchen. So if I was in her kitchen with her and I'm cutting piyaz, she's like, kya moti piyaz kaati hai? Piyaz nahi kaati. <laughs> chota kaato. Chota kaato. Patla kaato. Yeah. <laughs> मेरी मम्मी तो कहती थी हाथों में सुराख होते हैं जब किचन कभी नहीं जाओगे और जब जाओगे तो फिर यही होगा चीजें टूटेंगी हाथ कटेंगे and to this day when I am out of practice and I go back to the kitchen and I'm like cutting myself I just remember my mom we both were foodies so I went through that the differences are of course generational and environmental um, and I got to learn from her mistakes. So that's the other side. Yeah. The fact that she just doesn't have a stop button made me create one. <laughs> so those are the differences. The challenges, did you say challenges? Or am I just making that Similarities up? Similarities and differences. Okay, so that's yeah. it. Um, Amna, what about Gidiana? Yeah, I'm done. I'm done. Go ahead, yeah. Amna. Amna. Yeah, Similarities so, and differences? Uh, similarities, I think probably as you get all of us as we get older we start to think huh i'm like my mom but when i was younger to say i was like my mom would be just terrible thing to say to me but i'm a lot like my mom in the sense that i'm both like both of them some things that i have picked from each of them but a lot more like my mom in the sense that um the resilience the strength, uh, this capacity, I have this capacity that, that when bad things happen, I just readjust. I just say, okay, this is my new reality and I have to find happiness in it. So I'm an optimist. Uh, that's unlike my mom. My mom was not as much of an optimist as I have become over the years, but like Keith said, that we also learn from our mothers. 
Um, and so a lot of similarities, majority of them are around your character, like resilience, survive, being a survivor, just being happy. Uh, Ami has the, had this habit of always putting on a lipstick or hame bhi unhone yehi sikhaya ki jab bahut mushkil halat ho rahe hote hain na aur kuch control nahi hota just put some makeup on and look at yourself in the mirror and so i i see myself doing that my daughter will sometimes point out and say we went to uh, uh, central park and i put lipstick on and she was like mom we're out in the woods like yeah whatever <laughs> now she says that she picked that up from me she always puts on lipstick no that's um, really important because you know the, those 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 are lessons of resilience that mothers can teach their children yes and and yours is lipstick mine is not because my mom doesn't wear lipstick but in her own ways she taught me that too yeah we do le- learn that from from the women in our lives how to be resilient i think in terms no. of similarities and differences for me and my mom was we're very similar in terms of like very similar height we actually do look a little similar too um i you know yes the love for food um i think yeah, love for cooking. I learned how to care for others from her. Gitu, exactly what you were saying too. Um, and I think that really taught me what, you know, what it meant to like love family and love one another. And um, and at the same time, I'm really different from her. We have really different ideas about what life should be like. She does not agree with me that like, I am not having children. Um, and to this day that bothers her. and. We just have to, you know, I've said to her, I think we have to just agree to disagree and that's okay. Um, And I know that for someone like her, you know, growing born in 1940s, I know that's not an easy thing for her to wrap her head around, Um, but that's okay. I've come to terms with that and I think she has too. So um, hopefully I'm not going to have any more pregnancy conversations, knock on wood someone. (laughs) Yeah, knock on wood. Nothing on wood for you if you guys have nothing. Okay. Yeah. Um, Ladies, this has been great. Yeah. yeah. Such a wonderful conversation. Till we meet again. And also, you can check oh. us out on uh, auraten.com. That's A U R A T E N.com. And you can, follow us on, uh, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And our handle is at Thinorten. That's at three Orten. This has been great. Thank yeah. you so much, Dean Arthur. <laughs> Been fun. Thank you, ladies. That brings us to the end of episode two. Thanks for tuning in. We are now on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Also, if you want to get in touch with us, leave us a comment, show us some love, show us some hate. If you want to be featured on the show, if you think you have an idea that you'd like to hear about from us, please visit our website at www.orte.com. That's spelled A-U-R-A-T-E-N.com. There is a link on the right side of the page through which you can either leave us a message or leave us a voicemail. One of us will respond to you as soon as we can. And remember, without your support, this podcast can't be. Tune in next time to episode three in which we'll be talking about Roe v. Wade. Thanks for tuning in. This is Geet signing off.